This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there. We give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com, our number, 800-259-9231. Coming up, big news about the Free State Project. But first, a story that uh, is from Florence, Arizona, but you might see happening on a more local level soon. It's an immigration-related story. And not the immigration you're thinking about. You're thinking Arizona. It's got to be Mexicans. Got to be. Try a Russian. A Russian? But he's not even a Russian. No. Wait till we get to the details. You're going to love this. This is great. Uh, I mean, great in that uh, we're becoming a totalitarian dictatorship. Uh, yeah. and, like, great that we're right that we're becoming a totalitarian yeah. dictatorship. Yeah. Totally, totally uh, vindicating our position here and, and how, how dangerous to your liberty this whole war on immigration is. I, I don't care if you aren't brown-skinned. I understand you think... You think that, oh, well, that's all right. We can have this war on immigration. They're only going to be targeting those brown folk. So, therefore, since I'm pale and lily white, I will be perfectly okay. No problem. Well, maybe you'd be all right if your last name is Smith. But if it's Warzininak, Warziniak, Warziniak, Thomas Warziniak was born in Minnesota. This from McClatchy Newspapers and grew up in Georgia. But... Immigration authorities pronounced him an illegal immigrant from Russia. Immigration and Customs Enforcement held uh, has held Warzenak for weeks in an Arizona detention facility with the aim of deporting him to a country he's never seen. <laughs> oh, this poor man. <laughs> His jailer shrugged off Warzenak's claims that he was an American citizen, even though they could have retrieved his Minnesota birth certificate in minutes. And even though a Colorado court had concluded that he was a U.S. citizen a year before it shipped him to Arizona. On Thursday, Warzniak... Uh, How long has he been in jail now? A few weeks. Okay. Warzniak finally became a free man Because on how Thursday. could Colorado ship Warzniak to Arizona a year ago if he's only been locked up for a couple of weeks? I'm not sure. It said a Colorado court had concluded he was a U.S. citizen a year before it shipped him to Arizona. So it made that conclusion... Then a year later, shipped him to Arizona. I see. So maybe we'll find out. Okay. Uh, so Thursday, Warzniak finally became a free man. Immigration officials released him after his family, who learned about his predicament from McClatchy. This is the, the newspaper service. So they didn't even know. They produced a birth certificate, and after a U.S. senator demanded his release. <laughs> this is what it takes. You have to have somebody, uh, you a know, senator. some politician go to bat for you. A U.S. senator. Uh-huh. The immigration agents told me they never make mistakes, says Warziniak. Is that the most ludicrous thing you've ever heard? We're a bunch of shiftless, lazy bureaucrats, and we never make mistakes. If we make mistakes, we just kill the people involved. That way they can never talk about it. Right. I mean, what kind of, what kind of, I know they said this. This is the kind of crap that these these people say. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I can hear a correctional officer, uh, you know, an immigration agent saying, we don't make mistakes. We don't make mistakes, Mr. Warzenyak. <laughs> or whatever the hell your name is, you damn Rusky. 
you know, try to come over here and try to fool us and get your visa. Well, we caught you. <laughs> you know, this could happen to anyone. Yep. I mean, this guy was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Is that right? Minneapolis? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. He was born in Minnesota. I mean, for God's sakes, he was born in the United States. Yes, he's got a foreign-sounding name, but then... Thomas. So does everybody. <laughs> My name sounds English, <laughs> you know? The story Your of that. name sounds French. It, all these, everybody here, the only people that don't have, uh, uh, you know, English-sounding name or, you know, foreign-sounding names are people whose names are still in English, like Running Bear and Featherfoot and things like that. <laughs> Good Lord! Story. This is the sickest thing I've... This is bizarre. Let's find out how this happened. The story of how immigration officials decided that a small-town drifter with a southern accent was an illegal Russian immigrant illustrates how the federal government mistakenly detains and sometimes even deports American citizens. So wait, this isn't the only case? This isn't the only time this has happened? This isn't the exception to the rule? U.S. citizens who are mistakenly jailed by immigration authorities can get caught up in a nightmarish bureaucratic tangle in which they're simply not believed. You're sitting there telling them, look, man, I was born here. You can check me out. And they're sitting back saying, what are you talking about, you rusky? Trying to fool us. We know what we're doing. Don't you tell us how to do our jobs. You want me to go over to a computer and punch some digits in and try to pull up your information? That's too much damn work. We've already done our footwork, right. son. Who, who walks around with their birth certificate in their back pocket? I certainly don't have mine. Well, if soon somebody you might asked, have to have one to cross borders uh, from state to state. Who knows? If, Maybe if somebody we'll asked me to prove that I was born in Florida, I couldn't do it. I mean, I can talk like a Southerner, but apparently that wasn't enough for this guy. Apparently he did talk like a Southerner. I'd have to be making it up. An unpublished study by the Vera Institute of Justice, a New York pro- uh, nonprofit organization, identified 125 people in 2006 in immigration detention centers across the nation who immigration lawyers believe have valid U.S. citizenship claims. <laughs> this is the first we've heard of this. This story is the first we've heard of these 125 people. It is. That and are languishing we, in detention me, centers. I wanted to know about this for a very long time, and this is the first thing I've heard about it. Uh, so again, these uh, these are the lawyers who are saying that these folks have valid claims, but they're still in the detention centers. Vera originally focused, or initially focused, on six facilities where most of the cases surfaced. The organization later broadened its analysis to 12 sites and plans to track the outcome of all cases involving citizens. Nina Sulik, the lead researcher, says she thinks that many more American citizens probably are being erroneously detained or deported every year because her assessment looked at only a small number of those people in custody. I mean, they only have so much resources, they can only look at so much. Each year, about 280,000 people, over a quarter of a million people, are held on immigration violations at 15 federal detention centers and more than 400 state and local contract facilities nationwide. That's a lot of damn facilities. Mm. Unlike suspects charged in criminal courts, detainees accused of immigration violations, get this, you don't have a right to an attorney. Since when? Since but it's immigration, a, little missy. You ain't missy. no citizen. You don't get no rights. You ain't no citizen. You know, this is the, this is the, the concept that, um, that our court systems have, have come up with up to this point, that essentially non-citizens are 
yeah, subhuman. They're not, yeah, they're, they're not eligible for the same rights that citizens right. are. You don't understand. I don't something. even think the term citizen is written in our Constitution until it's until the Fourteenth Amendment. Amendment. I think yeah, right yeah. until uh, it wasn't written into the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. Right. It had to come in to the Fourteenth Amendment. So all the rights that are uh, given to us, uh, you know, are, are uh, outlined in the Bill of Rights. All of the rights that are outlined in the uh, Declaration of Independence. All those rights are the rights of human beings. That is correct. All not of them, wherever citizens, from There's wherever they're born. There's not some kind of birthright for having been born inside this, you know, this piece of land that we stole from the people who had it originally. Anyway, you are absolutely correct. The uh, the U.S. government Constitution is a set of rules for the government to follow. It outlines some rights that the government is supposed to be very explicit about respecting. It is not creating those rights. It is not granting those rights. It's simply pointing out to the government people saying, Hey, you government people, these people that you supposedly rule over have these things. They're called rights, and here they are. You aren't supposed to violate these. Of course, we know the government people apparently have trouble with reading comprehension, or they've never actually picked up the document they've sworn to uphold in the first place, so we don't have to talk about how they violated those rights, and they could care less about them. But thats I just want to make it clear what the purpose of the Constitution the Bill of Rights is. It doesn't grant you anything. You have rights by virtue of being a human being, and that's what you're pointing out, Mark. But don't tell that to the uh, the bureaucrats here. They claim you don't have a right to an attorney, and so therefore, once you get picked up, Remember, they can just come into your place of business. We've seen this happen. They just come in, kick in the door, start checking people's papers. And if they suspect you, they think that you're a, an illegal immigrant, whether it's from Mexico or Russia or China, wherever, they take you and they put you in one of these facilities. You have no right to contact an attorney. So how are you going to get out? Mm. Let's look into this here in moments. There's more to this story. It is your show. You can take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231, the cycle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features, by the way, include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go to the front page, click and download. They're right there for your download and convenience. It will cost you nothing. You don't have to log in. There's no membership fee. It's all on us. Head over to uh, to freetalklive.com to take a look at that. That's freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money... But you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with businesses to support Free Talk Live. All right, talking about a very disturbing story and one that I'm surprised we haven't seen yet. With all of the immigration enforcement that we're starting to see these days from the, uh, from the crackdown on the borders to the crackdown inside the borders in the form of uh, immigration checkpoints, citizenship checkpoints. That we've seen, uh, which, by the way, our uh, friend over at Checkpoint USA, the guy that's posted some of the videos we've talked about many times on this show, he's finally put them up on YouTube. I believe it's YouTube forward slash Checkpoint USA. 
which is good. I was suggesting that to him because he had them on his website. You could, you'd have to click to download them. You, you know, wait till they get to your computer and you have to open them. Now you can just go to YouTube and see them there, which is excellent. So you've got these internal checkpoints where they're demanding to know your citizenship. You've got border crackdown. You've got internal, uh, basically a police state that's developing where the police at any old time can raid a place of business and demand all the uh, the identification information on all of the employees there for the purposes of trying to ferret out those evil, illegal immigrants. And now what we're finding out is that they're actually just coming across people in whatever method they're coming across them. We'll, we'll learn more about this one man's story here in a moment. But we, uh, we find out that in 2006, the Vera Institute of Justice in New York identified 125 people in immigration detention centers across the nation who immigration lawyers believe have valid U.S. citizenship claims, yet they're still there. We find out that unlike suspects charged in criminal courts, detainees accused of immigration violations don't have a right to an attorney and three-fourths of them represent themselves. Less affluent or resourceful U.S. citizens who are detained must try to maneuver on their own through a complicated system. So if you can afford the attorney, then you can, you can have an attorney if you get caught up in all this. But I don't know about you, but, I mean, attorneys are pretty damn expensive. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And if you're going to, uh, if you are going, uh, as the government, if the government's going to put someone into this system and demand they try to know what the hell they're doing. Especially, you know, prove you're a citizen. It said that right in the article that it, it, the the uh, the onus lies upon the person to prove their citizenship. Hmm. That's not how our court system was set up. You weren't ever guilty to be and, and, you know, had to prove yourself innocent. They have to prove that you're not a citizen. Well, no, they don't. Well, they don't apparently have to do much of anything. Uh, it comes to your word against the government's, even when you know and insist you're a U.S. citizen, said the researcher. Your word doesn't always count, and the government doesn't always investigate fully. Huh. Well, no, duh. You think? Hmm. Government investigators cutting corners, not wanting to do the work they're supposed to do? What a shock. Officials with ICE, the federal agency that oversees deportations, maintain that such cases are isolated because agents are required to obtain sufficient evidence that someone's an illegal immigrant before making an arrest. However, they don't track the number of U.S. citizens who are detained or deported. Why should they? Deported. <laughs> They're kicking out U.S. citizens. I'm just imagining getting <laughs> stuck in another country where I don't speak the language. Right. How, do they, <laughs> how do they decide that this guy was Russian? Uh, I'm His not last sure. name's Wojnikowski or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Wojnikowski or something. My I mean, last name is Miranda. That's Spanish. I mean, I, what would happen if they decided, hmm, you must be Argentinian. You're mm-hmm. out of here. Yep. I mean, what do, they do? <laughs> what do you do? What do obviously I don't nothing. Know. You sit in jail like this guy did because there's absolutely nothing you can do. It's what happens when they send you to Argentina? You know, finally, I guess his family heard about his um, you know, predicament. From which, the newspaper. From Which... I have to say, is a failing on his part. You know, is it? Um, yeah, not being able to put your hands in your birth certificate is a is a failure on your part. You've been told your whole life. Who knows what kind of access he had to the outside world? Who knows how many phone calls they allowed him to make? I I, I can I have met many people that were being held um, for deportation. Mm-hmm. I've met them, um, and they could make all kinds of telephone calls. Okay. I don't know that I don't know how it was in this particular instance. I'm only going upon the experience that I have 
And that experience says uh, that you Whatever, could... Mark. It doesn't matter because this is all unnecessary. All of it. Yeah. Uh, officials with ICE, again, say that no one uh, is tr- keeping track of the numbers of U.S. citizens who are detained or deported. Their spokesbureaucrat says, we don't want to detain or deport U.S. citizens. <laughs> it's just not something we do. But you do. Ms. Fobbs, you do. You've got over 125 people in just one year that uh, were legitimate citizens. While immigration advocates agree that the agents generally release detainees before deportation in clear-cut cases, they said ICE sometimes ignores valid assertions of citizenship in the rush to ship out more illegal immigrants. Proving citizenship is especially difficult for the poor, mentally ill, disabled, or anyone who has trouble getting a copy of his or her birth certificate while behind bars. Pedro Guzman, a mentally disabled U.S. citizen who was born in Los Angeles, was serving a 120-day sentence for trespassing last year when he was shipped off to Mexico. Guzman was found three months later trying to return home. Although federal government attorneys have acknowledged that Guzman was a citizen, ICE spokes bureaucrat uh, said that Thursday that her agency still questions the validity of his birth certificate. Last March, ICE agents in San Francisco detained Kevin Reyes, a six-year-old boy who was born in the U.S. for ten hours after his father was picked up in a sweep. His father says he wasn't permitted to call relatives who could care for his son, although ICE denies turning down the request. So, again, he said, she said. Is the father telling the truth? Was he disallowed the phone call? Or is ICE telling the truth? Did they let him make the call and he did... Something else with the call? I don't, I don't know. The number of U.S. citizens who are swept up in the immigration system is a small fraction of the number of illegal immigrants who are deported. But in the past several years, immigration lawyers report seeing more detainees who turn out to be U.S. citizens. Well, of course. Because there's more enforcement now than there ever was. And you've got people that are running for president talking about, expo- uh, that d- talking about deporting every single illegal immigrant? You want to start calculating how many more mess-ups they're going to have if that happens? You want to just throw out a random number? 1% is 1% too much. Yeah, you know, just what if it was you? That's really what the question you've got to ask yourself. What if it was you? Would the would, would the INS be a legitimate, uh, you know, important part of our inner workings here in the country? If it was you, the American citizen, they were kicking out into some foreign country you'd never been to before? Well, that's the problem, though, is everybody says, it won't be me. It wouldn't happen to me. I'm sure that this guy said it wouldn't be him, yeah. too. Right. Oh, yeah, I don't have anything he to hide. He was born in Minneapolis. <laughs> right. Hey, I don't have anything to hide. I don't mind all these new government rules and restrictions and regulations and security. Oh, it's fine. I've got nothing to hide. Well, wait a minute. This isn't even behavior that they've criminalized. It's just... They've mixed you up for an illegal person. There are illegal people in America. What the hell has this country turned into? What sort of a weird, fascist, utopian, socialist dictatorship is this? One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features there are completely free, and you can enjoy those on us. Uh, so head over there and enjoy those, including the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, a dial-up version as well, both for free for you. freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, 
Read some real testimonials. You can find out how to order right there. FTLdiscount.com. As the madness continues, uh, we continue the immigration story here. Man was picked up, put in a uh, detention center for being an illegal Russian immigrant. And the ICE folks, the federal immigration bureaucracy, was planning on shipping him back to his home country. Whoops. He doesn't actually come from Russia. Whoops. He was born in Minnesota. And he's just one of many mistakes. In fact, uh, they've only been able to find 125 mistakes so far, but they've only looked at a fraction of the people that are in the custody of the uh, the government. So there could be a whole lot more of these people. There could be a whole lot more Americans, people born here, mistaken for immigrants, illegal immigrants, and currently being held in some government hellish detention center. This could be a friend of yours. Don't think this couldn't happen to you. This could be you. This could be your loved one, your children, your spouse, your lover. This could be anybody. Because they blow it all the time. Government sucks at doing pretty much everything it tries to do. And that includes identify illegal immigrants. And now, attorneys say the chances of mistakes are growing as immigration agents step up sweeps in the country and state and local prisons with less experience in immigration matters screen more criminals on behalf of ICE. ICE Fobbs, uh, ICE's spokesperson named Fobbs, said agents move as quickly as possible to check stories of people who claim they're American citizens. But she said that many of the cases involve complex legal arguments, such as whether U.S. citizenship is derived from parents, which an immigration judge has to sort out. Wait, um, this guy, this is a damn lie, because this guy told these people over and over again, and they just wouldn't check to see whether, you know, his birth certificate was on file in um, Minnesota. Yeah, we'll get more about his story here in a moment. Uh, She says, we have to be careful we don't release the wrong person. Oh, heaven forbid. Who cares? It's a person. What are they going to do? They're going to come in and take our jobs. Well, this is their job. Their job is to lock people up for being illegal. It's It's just nuts. And Julia, you're right. This is all completely unnecessary. If we didn't have a welfare state, if we didn't have the bowl of food left out for the cats, then we wouldn't be getting all these stray cats. We wouldn't be getting the immigrants coming here that want to mooch off the system. The, the solution to this problem is not to round up illegal immigrants. The solution is to re-legalize immigration and to end welfare. That way people can just come here and make a better life for themselves. This all is ki- nuts. All kinds of welfare. We shouldn't be obligated to uh, pay for uh, you know, public schooling of these people. Sure. We shouldn't be obligated to pay for, uh, you know, a, a hospital shouldn't be obligated to, to provide them medical service when they come here. They shouldn't be able to use an emergency room like it's a doctor's office. There shouldn't be any obligation of an American citizen to pay for any, uh, you know, a person who's just come, any person, um, you know, in any kind of welfare situation at all. Here's more about his case. Mr. Warziniak, this is again the man mistaken for a Russian and almost deported. ICE officials appear to have been oblivious to signs they'd made a serious mistake. Serious mistake. You think they were just oblivious, or are they just a bunch of jerks? They just don't care. After he was arrested in Colorado on a minor drug charge, Borzeniak told probation officials their wild stories about being shot seven times, stabbed twice, and bombed four times as a Russian army colonel in Afghanistan, according to court records. He also insisted he swam ashore to America from a Soviet submarine. Court officials were skeptical. 
Not only did his story seem preposterous, but the longtime heroin addict also had a southern <laughs> accent and didn't speak Russian. Okay, so he at one point said that he had, sl- um, had <laughs> swum, ash- swum? Had, had come ashore from a uh, Soviet uh, submarine. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. Well, you know, just because he's, he's crazy doesn't mean that he should be deported. <laughs> I don't. Colorado court officials quickly determined his true identity in a national crime database. He was a Minnesotan-born man who grew up in Georgia. Before Wozniak was sentenced to prison on the drug charge, his probation officer surmised in a report that he could be mentally ill. Although it only took minutes for McClatchy, the newspaper, to confirm with Minnesota officials that a birth certificate under Wozniak's name and birth date was on file, Colorado prison officials noted federal authorities notified federal authorities that Warziniak was a foreign-born prisoner. McClatchy also wasn't able to, or also was able to track down Warziniak's half-three sisters, even though they hadn't seen him in almost 20 years. His sisters were willing to vouch for him. One of them, Missy Dahl, d- uh, called the detention center repeatedly until they stopped returning her calls. Her brother's attorney told her that, talk about customer service, uh, told her that a detainee in Warziniak's situation often has to wait weeks for results, even if he or she gets a copy of a U.S. birth certificate. They're really moving fast over there, really just cranking those people through as, as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Warziniak, meanwhile, waited impatiently for an opportunity to prove his case after he contacted the Florence Immigrant and Refugee Rights Project, a group that provides legal advice to immigrants. A local attorney reluctantly, or excuse me, recently agreed to represent him for free. Dahl and her husband, a retired sheriff's deputy, flew to Arizona from their Charlotte home to attend their brother's hearing before an immigration judge. Before she left, she emailed Senator Richard Burr from North Carolina, and after someone from his office contacted ICE, immigration officials promised to release Warzeniak if they got a birth certificate. After scrambling, so, so making the phone call is not good enough. You, you can't just call the state. You have to actually get the copy of it, which, of course, means you have to wait on one bureaucracy to get the birth certificate, send it out, and then wait on the other bureaucracy to process. This takes forever. After scrambling to get a power of attorney to obtain their brother's birth certificate, the sisters succeeded in getting a copy the day before the hearing. On Thursday, however, government lawyers told an immigration judge during a deportation hearing they needed a week to verify the authenticity of Warzeniak's birth record. So, first, you have to jump through all the hoops to get the certificate. The government's not going to do that for you, apparently. You have to jump through all those hoops. Then, once you've gotten the government gift, uh, birth certificate from the government office and handed it over to another government agency, they're saying, oh, well, we can't do anything. We have to wait and process this. We need to analyze it to make sure it's real. Well, why couldn't they contact the government agency? Wouldn't that solve a lot of the inefficiency problem? Like, they call the office of uh, births, live births, or whoever it is that takes care of the birth certificates and verified it with the actual other agency? Anyway, the judge delayed his ruling. His sister says, I still can't believe this is happening in America. Orziniak began to weep when he saw his sister. He said, they still don't believe me. Later that day, however, ICE officials changed their minds. (laughs) That's because, dummy, you told them you swam ashore from a Soviet submarine. And said he could be released this week. Yes, but, Mark, the other 125 people that were... No, uh, I understand, but, you know, at some some point my, uh, my outrage and my pity is mitigated when some dope goes out there and lies his way into a jail cell. He was already in the jail cell on a drug charge. Anyway, they but said he, they were... He, li- no, he wasn't in that jail cell. He lied himself into an immigration jail cell by telling people that he was... I escaped from... I was I was the Soviet version of James Bond, but then I decided to defect to America, so I jettisoned myself out of a torpedo tube of a nuclear submarine and can't swim ashore in Seattle. 
with a with a salmon in my teeth. You know, I don't. You know, it's difficult for me to get it. I'm, I'm upset at this guy. He's lied. I. You know. ICE officials changed their minds later that day and said he could be released this week. They said they were able to confirm his birth certificate, but they didn't acknowledge any problem with the handling of the case. The officials blamed conflicting information for the mix-up. ICE spokes bureaucrats said the burden of proof is on the individual to show they're legally entitled to be in the United States. Now that is just wrong thing to say. Rosiniak told McClatchy he has no memory of telling anyone he was a Russian. Instead, he recalled the shock of withdrawing from his heroin addiction after 18 years of drug abuse. A spokeswoman for, so either he didn't tell them, or he was really high, and that's why he told them that, or they just made it up. Maybe they made it up. Maybe They he didn't made say up that. that he told them that he had uh, swum ashore from, uh, I don't from know, a man. Russian submarine. Catherine Sanguinetti, spokesman for the Colorado Department of Corrections, suspects that prison officials were relying on information Warziniak gave when he was first taken into custody because they never received the Colorado court documents concluding he was a U.S. citizen. Even now, the prison records inaccurately show his current location as the Soviet Union. In the end, Sanguinetti said ICE is responsible for making sure it detains and deports the correct person. They're not responsible, because if they were responsible, you could sue them. Yeah. They could get in trouble for this. Yeah, they're not responsible. They're irresponsible. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. You believe this could happen to you? Because you're just lucky that it hasn't. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then head on over and uh, sign up for the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. Amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send us three bucks a month, and we take that in, turn it right around, and reinvest it into the show to get on more radio stations across the country, thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. In fact, should be announcing a couple new stations within the next week or so, which I'm very excited about. And all of this is possible because of listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers. And you do get some perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, uh, the AMP forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. So, uh, just a few more thoughts here on this story and going, uh, going to your calls here shortly. But, once again, we've discovered yet another despicable aspect of this war on immigration. Something new. Yet another, uh, yet another just disturbing development. And as you said, Mark, we sort of knew this was going on, but we hadn't really gotten wind of it officially yet. Now, the wind is blowing, and we have some level of an idea of what, how, uh, wide, uh, how, effect, how wide uh, cutting the effects of this are, in that uh, there are hundreds, probably hundreds of Americans that are in government detention facilities... Waiting to be deported to or countries... Or have been deported, right. Or, yeah, we don't know how many have been Well, they been said deported. 125 in a year. Well, those were the ones that were sitting in the, the facilities. They Fair found right. 125 sitting in the facilities, and that wasn't even in all the facilities. They only looked at a fraction of the, the prisoners. Mm. So they found 125 sitting in there currently that were awaiting deportation, that were, you know, the government was claiming were illegal immigrants, but were not. And so how, uh, how many more people is this going to affect? Unknown. It's hard to say. Will it be you? Will it be a friend of yours? Could be. ICE, remember, this is what the government says. Here's their quote. The burden of proof is on the individual. That's you. 
The burden of proof is on you to show you're legally entitled to be in the United States. You need to be entitled to be here now. I, you know, that, that makes it very difficult. What if a lot of older Americans, it's a piece of paper. A lot of older Americans, uh, you know, they've been through fires. Um, some sure. of them were born in, in homes. A lot of people were born in, uh, you know, in the liberty movement, were born in homes and simply don't have a birth certificate. Yep. Um, if your, you know, birth certificate was lost and moving, many people move several, many times during their childhood years. You know, um, maybe they tossed a few years down the toilet and uh, with drugs or alcohol or something like that, and somehow they're their birth certificate got lost, you know, the, uh, a move out, a, a, an unhappy move out with a uh, significant other, everything didn't get packed, uh, the rest of it got tossed. You never know what could happen here. So you don't have that one piece of paper that proves that you were born in the United States. You don't have that one single piece of paper, because I, I believe I have one, but Put, tell me to put my hands on it. It's going to take me a little while. Well, beyond that, there is also a government copy of it somewhere in, on file in some bureaucracy. Yeah, but in the, state the, the government refused to go looking in this guy's case for it. Right. He had to go and do the footwork and, and dig that up, and, and that could be very difficult. And how much access do they have to phone calls and things of that sort? It's I unknown. mean, they say that the burden of proof is on you, but if you're in a jail cell, what are you supposed to do? It can be kind of hard to do, to do some yeah. footwork and research. It, yeah. it certainly can be difficult to do some things. Right, because government's not interested in helping you. They're not interested in uh, jumping to their feet and providing you with quick, efficient customer service. It could be literally, and it has been in this guy's case, it was weeks and weeks and weeks before they uh, they let him out. Well, the policy with uh, with with convicts is just to assume they're lying and don't do anything. You right. Know? I mean, that's that's how it goes. Well, Once in his case, in he was a he was a drifter. But in in your case, you've got a job. Well, you heard you heard the quote. The quote is, "The burden of proof resides upon you." Right. Somehow, our legal system, when it comes to you know immigration, somehow our legal system has been turned on its head. Now, I'll grant you that there's a great deal of uh, you know turning that's gone on in the legal system over the last fifty years or so. But the idea is is that you're innocent until proven guilty, and they say in the um, immigration service that you have to prove that you're a citizen. It's disgusting. That's wrong. Would love your thoughts. 800-259-9231. I just want to end with one point here. Uh, the McClatchy article claims that the prison records even now inaccurately show his location, the man we were talking about earlier, as the Soviet Union. But I think they might have that wrong. That really might be more accurate than we think. Is he in the United States, or is he in the Soviet Union? What's the difference anymore? I mean, okay, we're not 100% communist, but seems like we're on the road. We're darn close. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls. We go to Montreal. Talk to Carl. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, it's a good uh, topic you're talking about. You know, um, I, as you know, I am in immigration, and there's a lot of horror stories here at a detention center in Canada, and there's a, quite a few people here who are detainees who have papers, and they say that the papers are not good enough. And basically, we're being told the same thing. The burden is on us to prove, you know, our case, and the government, you know, don't really want to prove anything, you know, to you know, in my own case, um, I had government officials put lots of stuff in my records. They said I said, or like on, uh, this doctor who examined me said that my father raped my mother, and basically that was how I was born. And 
My parents disagreed with that, but they still won't take it out, and they made up a whole tons of lies. And uh, I mean, it's, that's how they act. They don't care. It's about the truth, you know. Basically, we have to prove, you know, what they say is not true, you know, and we have to spend all our money and, you know, to get documents and stuff to, you know, prove them. They're not telling the truth. and uh, hmm. It's darn hard to work for money um, while you're in jail, too, isn't it? Yeah. So, Carl, I, what uh, what do you... Have you been able to get your birth certificate to show them? Yeah, I mean, I've been detained here for eight months at the Laval Detention Center, which is on the island north of Montreal. Cause Montreal's like an island, sort of, with the rivers, um, St. Lawrence River going around, you know, and I'm in Laval, and this is an immigration detention center. They call it a prevention center. They don't exactly call it a detention center, and there's probably about 50 detainees here. And um, I've talked to several of the people here, and, like, one guy has papers, and they said, oh, the papers aren't good enough, you know. It can be fake, and, you know. <laughs> and um, my case, what happened was, you know, I was a critic of Bush, and I got arrested by the Secret Service because of some of my, my drawings and writings, and I wanted to take my case to trial, and I had this doctor come and do a mental health evaluation on me, and I didn't know it, but later I got this doctor's resume and find out he was employed by the Secret Service. And in his own resume that I got a copy of, it showed that he was a close associate of Bill Clinton, the uh, Bush family, and, <laughs> you know, and made up tons of stuff in, in, in my uh, report that he did. I mean, lie after lie, and then, I mean, I've had problems with court, you know, saying stuff. So you're still there in that uh, facility. You've been calling us from there for uh, for several months. What uh, is your the the current status of your case? Well, I went to court uh, yesterday, and basically, you know, I, I showed him the documents, the evidence. I have a good attorney. We, he argued, you know, said that he believes that, you know, the U.S. government set me up and lied and, and, and railroaded me, and I come here to live here under a rule of law. And they're treating me like a criminal. They're not treating me like, you know, a person who's been victimized, you know, and they're keeping me locked up. And, well, you to know, them, like you are. To, the, to them, you are a criminal. You didn't jump through their, uh, you know, their prescribed ho hoops that they put up for you. Uh, you yeah. just thought you could come to Canada and, you know, escape uh, persecution in the United States. You were looking for asylum. And it's, you know, unfortunately, Canada isn't like that anymore. As I understand it, it used to be more friendly towards people seeking political asylum in the past. But now they apparently, I guess, have had it with uh, U.S. citizens coming across the border, so that's that may be one of the reasons you're having trouble. Are they going to deport you? Well, uh, they haven't so far, but they will not release me. They're saying I have mental health problems and I need a structured environment and structured like detention center. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep you sane. Being in jail. Yeah, right. Carl, good luck, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Let's talk to Dave in Athens, listening on WAIS. Hey, Dave. Hey guys, they have a long way to deport me to another planet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but if I ever get deported, I know where I want to go. Where do you want to go? I don't think they give you a yeah, choice. I don't think but, you get to choose. But I'd like to hear anyway. This is my friend in Indonesia. Wow, that's Indonesia. A, that's a good long yeah, ways. Hopefully they don't just put you in a boat, give you a paddle, and tell you to go. Yeah. Well, at least you got somewhere to go with a uh, with a destination. And you know someone somewhere. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know anybody. I mean, even if they let me choose where I could go, yeah. I wouldn't know who to go and see when I got there. Here's a little clue. Pick a place that speaks your speaks, language. It speaks English. Yeah, that would All help, right, Dave. Thanks, thanks for the call, Dave. Hey, thank 800, you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty. Well, uh, thirty one.
Manuel is on the line. He wants to talk about the Postal Service. Vince in California. We'll get to everybody's calls uh, in hour number two, 800-259-9231. Take your calls about whatever's on your mind. Also, big news about the Free State Project. Things, they are a-changing, and it's pretty cool. So we'll talk about that and uh, take your calls about anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As we go right into your phone calls, let's start things out with Manuel in New York. You're on Free Talk Live, Manuel. On the Good evening, guys. How are you doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was just uh, checking, uh, just got home and checking my blogs, and I see an article about the post office. Apparently, some of... Uh, some people are complaining that um, there's too much junk mail, so some uh, state senators, I believe this is in Colorado, want to, the post office to create a no-junk mail list. Oh, jeez. So but, okay, so you know, usually uh, I don't want the, the, the government to do anything, but in this case they're trying to go, the local government's trying to go against the federal government on the post office side. And oh. they say, and so, and then... Um, it is fun to watch the government people fight with each other. Yeah, and then here's the ridiculous outcome. Uh, the uh, the post office, post uh, service spokesman, uh, whatever his name is, he said that um, that uh, oh, I'm sorry, I lost the. Uh, it's all right. You can summarize it if you want. Yeah, they they were opposing they were opposing the measure to create a, to create this uh, this list because it would jeopardize the jobs of the uh, postal service. No, yeah, it you wouldn't. Know, well, even so, but you know that's their excuse is that oh my God, bureaucrats could lose jobs. Yeah. We we don't care about your freedom. We don't care about your privacy. We're talking about bureaucrats' jobs here. Yeah, I could lose my job at any point in time. That's right. And these people are totally insulated from the market or what what customers want. They 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 see losing their job as something terrible. Sometimes you know that's the way things have to be. Otherwise, we'd still be using te- te- technology that's hundreds of years old if, you, if people weren't about to lose their jobs. It's Absolutely. Right, no, we, we can't, we can't get uh, yeah, right. We can't have uh, new automobiles because blacksmiths could lose their jobs and farriers would lose their jobs. Yeah, and forget about these word processors. We need typewriters. Bring those back. Right. Yeah. Oh, and plastics. My God, what what are the basket weavers going to do? Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, if we, if we had a competing uh, postal company, I'm sure there's a postal company said, you know what, we're not going to accept junk mail for people. We'll only accept mail that is individually for you or for your home with your name, no mass bulk. You know. I'm sure that company will have more business. Yeah, but you're here, probably the right. The opposite is happening. You're screwing the customers just to, you know, just to to make yourself relevant. Yep, and that's really monopoly, and it's terrible. And the the postal service really has become irrelevant. It, it seems like the vast majority of stuff I get, um, my wife pays most of the bills online. She gets the bills on some of quite a few of them online. Um, you know, it seems like all we're getting is solicitations in the mail. Whether pretty much whether they know my name or not, there's still solicitations. They might have got my name off some list somewhere. I'm eligible for yet another credit card. Oh my God, this is the 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 uranium two two three card. It, whatever, you know, it's it's all solicitations. Manuel, any other thoughts tonight? 
Uh, no, just, uh, you know, the post office just keeps coming back. It's a perfect real example of, uh, you know, how government is just screwing up everything and doesn't permit anyone to compete against it. Yeah, and it's supposed to be one of their shining beacons on the hill of uh, of wonder and efficiency. And uh, look how many jobs it has. And, oh, the post office, oh, what do we do without them? And right. No. It's a taxpayer subsidized ad venue. That's what it would be. That's that's what it, you know. What that's what this show is, and that's what anything that delivers that amount of advertisement to you is. Yeah, and I think recently, um, I don't really haven't haven't looked at this, but I get the impression that uh, the price on uh, on stamps just keeps going up faster and faster. The price on what? I stamps? want the price stamps. of stamps to go up because uh, I would uh, like. To, I want the. Sorry, um, I want the price of stamps to go up because I want to see what happens when it gets to a dollar. Why do you say that, Julia? Oh, well, because isn't there there's a monopoly on mail under a dollar. So they'll either have to change the law or I'll be able to send my letters via UPS. Yeah, well, that's true. They do have a federal law that uh, that insulates the post office from competition. Fed FedEx, UPS, DHL and those other companies are able to compete for packages and for mail over a dollar, and they do. They compete very effectively. That's why anybody that wants to send a package and get it to someplace on time, guaranteed, insured, doesn't choose the post office because the marketplace has whooped their butts. And the post office is concerned that the marketplace will whoop their butt when it comes to first-class mail, that is, mail under a dollar. And so, therefore, the federal government has put in a little protection method for them. In I the, don't understand the law. why, the, why U, UPS and FedEx haven't stepped up to the plate with one dollar um, letter service at this point. Um, you're at fifty, what, forty cents for to send a a letter? I don't know. I don't send it anymore. So, forty because cents. It's not over worth it. forty the cents. Forty cents. It's more 41 than forty-one cents. Okay, forty-one cents to send a letter. Um, a dollar to send with uh, UPS. It's still twice as much, man. It's not. I understand that some many people would, um, you know, would not take the service, but they don't need UPS. Does not need everybody to take the service if it's a viable thing. Sending a letter well, for I, a buck think, is viable. I think to be I think to be fair on this argument, I think most, the, the post office survives mostly from companies that they have to mail out thousands of things every day, like hundreds of thousands. So a difference of one penny, will, you know, it's, it's a big difference. So yeah, I that's going to make a big they difference. Will go, they will go for whoever's cheapest, even if it's the post office. Right, right. If you're if you're doing, I'm just wondering bulk, why they haven't done it yet. Um, and I I don't know if I trust UPS. Just not enough of a market I don't know segment. if I trust UPS or FedEx to. To, to deliver that one dollar, I do trust Walmart and I trust Google. I think that they'll come out and they'll <laughs> they'll offer a one dollar uh, letter letter delivery service. Well, it's probably because there's a certain infrastructure they'd have to uh, add to their business that they don't have right now. They don't have letter processing infrastructure. They've got mostly package processing infrastructure, and so there probably would have to be an upgrade done that would cost them a lot of money. Perhaps, and they might look at the you know the potential as far as well. We're going to be charging twice as much as the post office. Are we going to get that? many customers for for the service we're offering and and perhaps they have looked at it and they've just said that at this point it's not worth the investment but maybe when it gets to 70 cents or 80 cents maybe so it's something certainly to look forward to and manuel thanks for bringing it up tonight appreciate the call sir 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line for you it's kind of fun to uh, to think about what the private mail delivery market uh, would look like because again we're just talk show hosts. We can only speculate and come up with our own ideas. Your ideas are just as good as uh, as ours. We're not going to be the ones that are setting up these services, so uh, we are certainly not the final arbiters of how things would work. But but I think you might see uh, you might see a service start up where you could, for instance, have a an advertisement printed on the outside of your envelope, 
and that would pay for the the shipping where you could hand the envelope to your delivery man or the facility or wherever it is it's shipping it out of and they put it through some automated machine and if you're on their service where you don't have to pay for the postage just you know print some advertisement on there to pay for the cost of shipping it from point a to point b it's possible that's just one idea you know what do you think how would it work and would the prices go up because how much are those postal rates subsidized? How how much of the forty one cents that you're paying, how much above that is the actual cost? What's yeah. the actual cost of shipping a letter? That, that's what I want to know. Is how much subsidies do they get? And also, of course, what we'd end up seeing also is uh, is real cost based on uh, based on overhead instead of this flat shipping rate where it costs forty one cents to send a letter across the street, but it also costs the same forty one cents to <laughs> ship a letter to Alaska. I mean, what's that all about? Shouldn't it cost more to ship to Alaska? Doesn't it cost more gasoline to ship to Alaska, for instance? It's some kind of subsidy program. I don't really understand it. It's I know what people will say, but then the people in Alaska will be cut off from America. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I didn't move to Alaska. Yeah. I don't know anybody in Alaska, at least not personally or well. Why should I be... I, I shouldn't have to worry about that. Right. So you're telling me that they can charge me more to ship to Saskatchewan than to Alaska. That What kind of sense does that make? Right. And if there's, uh, again, the post office rates are subsidized. So when you're buying the postal stamps, every other taxpayer is helping you pay for, um, helping you buy those stamps at the lowest possible rate. What if I, as an Internet user, very rarely, if never send actual mail through the system? What if I pay all my bills online? What if I don't receive invoices through the mail? What if it all comes in online and I am completely detached from the postal system? you telling me that I have to subsidize you because you want to keep using this old archaic system? Is it my obligation to subsidize your mail delivery service? That's the same argument that says that it's my obligation to put your kids through school. Same argument. 1-800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. On the way here, uh, your calls about what you want. Also coming up, the latest on the Free State Project and a high school cell phone porn scandal? We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include the wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive, wiki.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live and expand your network of liberty-loving activists, businesses, and organizations. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Learn more at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we continue with your phone calls, it's Vince in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Vince. Vince, California, going once. Vince in California, going twice. Let's try Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live on the Ampline. What's up, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, 
there was quite a victory this past week in the uh, in the New Hampshire legislature for a porcupine. Really? What's that? Well, the uh, the early mover porcupine legislator had some vicious, vicious licensure that would have uh, would have affected him as a contractor and pretty much every other contractor in the state. Basically, just a little piece of licensing that is what the New Hampshire state is really loving to do right now. They're mm-hmm. licensing everything. Oh boy! And uh, basically, a lot of people leapt to his defense. A lot of people, uh, you know, he issued a call for help, and he really got it. A small but dedicated group of people basically printed some stuff out uh, that were nothing to do with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, or some of them were members, but just, you know, uh, pretty much a spontaneous show. And they did manage to defeat the little the little sucker. Excellent. So, so that's one piece of licensure that's not going to happen in these crazy times. So because of the efforts of Free State Project members and other liberty activists in New Hampshire, this uh, piece of legislation was defeated. And it's not it has not been the only one. There have been several success stories so far. And uh, this is only the, the very beginning, isn't it, Dennis? Yeah, well, this was, you know, I, I think the NHLA can take a little bit of, of credit for it in that it was the very top of our gold standard, the very first one that was handed out, and it seemed to have had maybe some influence. Who knows? Right. Now, what's the gold standard for listeners that don't know? Well, that is the, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. We watch the bills that are coming up in the legislature, and we watch for the ones that are very good or very bad. We do what we can to support or oppose those. We print up our recommendations on some golden-colored pieces of paper and call them the gold standard and make sure that all of the legislators get them as they go in to vote. I think it's a brilliant idea because... They're bored, so they read it. Right. uh, I saw the Ridley Report, uh, I guess, uh, RidleyReport.com did an episode on this, and I I think it's a brilliant idea because basically these legislators are getting handed recommendations as they go in from the Democrats and the Republicans, and now you've got the libertarians, the liberty activists, standing there handing out their recommendations as well, and over time, they're going to get used to receiving these from you, and they're going to be expecting it, and they're really going to give it serious consideration, especially as the number of activists continues to grow in the state, and uh, we continue to uh, to increase our influence. Well, we can't make all of them listen to Free Talk Live, although some will, but <laughs> this is we can get the same message across to these guys, I hope. You, know, you, you were talking about the Ridleyo. Yeah. I, I'm, it would be pretty fun but boring to do this. The video of the floor fight, apparently there was a a floor battle that happened over this piece of legislation. It's all videotaped, and it's all on the state archive. It's just very boring to go through the boring motion parts, and it's pretty mm. cool, actually, if you if you pick out the good bits. So that's something anyone could do, and I might do, but I'm already doing too much of this crud. Yeah, editing's a pain, especially editing boring crap like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, oh, another aspect of this gold standard, I was attacked by Republicans. Um, really? Yes. In fact, the, the Liberty Alliance was the... The sort of conservative Republican, small government Republican-leaning group, the House Republican Alliance, was absolutely pissed off with the Liberty Alliance. Over what? On uh, the same gold standard, we, uh, we suggested a constitutional amendment, for the record, one that a typically pro-Liberty Republican put into place, actually the guy in the House responsible for getting us out of real ID, okay. suggested this amendment. So... All right, and it would have sort of shored up the issue with the schools. Right now there's an issue where basically an income or sales tax is sneaking in through the expense of schooling. And the bill would have basically avoided that, Hmm. although it would have created a constitutional requirement for government to run schools, which it doesn't currently have unless you're so screwed up you're a Supreme Court justice. Okay. we got attacked for that because they don't want to go to that. They want the no government control of schools preserved in the Constitution. They're very pissed. Well, I mean, I can understand that. They don't, I mean, 
you well, agree with great. them on that, right? Yeah, it's just it's just nice that they are so completely. You know, when when they see it, they can be so focused on it, although it's, you, you can I tell see. they're not used to being the minority party. I see what because, you're saying. You're saying that uh, you guys are so important that they have made it worth it. It's, you know, it's, it's worth their while to attack you. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. If only we'd supported the right thing, maybe it would have passed. Got it. Very good, Dennis. Well, hey, keep up the good work out there. And since I've got you on the line, you are the uh, the husband of the president of the Free State Project, Irina Goddard. <laughs> And uh, I was just going to talk about the new development over at the Free State Project website. Would that be something you'd be interested in uh, discussing? I, I can, although I had all, basically no hand in it other than being a sort of kind of beta tester. Um, it was all done by a guy named Lewis, who's the IT guy, really, for the FSP. He, mm-hmm. he does all the heavy lifting. And he uh, integrated a new piece of functionality that the FSP has been talking about for, God, how many years It's been now? on the table for at least a solid year. I mean, you guys have been really seriously considering it for a while, and now it's, uh, now it's become a reality. It's basically a modification of the statement of intent. We talk about the Free State Project a lot on this show. It's a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving activists moving to New Hampshire uh, to get active and uh, to, to, uh, to help it, it protect the liberty the state does have and increase it on into the future. Uh, but the the problem is the uh, the pledge that you have to sign the statement of intent is a little well inflexible or it was until now right Dennis that is correct we are responding to market signals you could say yeah I'm very excited about this and uh, you know I've got to say that this this is going to be the the thing that makes the Free State Project really kick into gear um, I think that. With, if it's promoted correctly. Yeah, it's going to require certainly promotion. People are going to have to understand that the statement of intent has changed, that there's that it's flexible. But I really think that uh, – I, I, am I crazy end of the year, middle of next? Um, it could be – we could reach the 20,000? Yeah, I think that's crazy. That I is think crazy. It be done. That <laughs> I is think crazy. it could be done. I think this will, sell, this will sell itself in that, you know, with the Internet the way it is these days, especially with the political climate the way it is these days, people are searching on real ID and what's going on. And New Hampshire is one of very few places that has actually opted out. And I think that is going to be a, a very big deal. We have cool video and stuff about that. I think that that's, uh, I think that's great, Dennis. I, 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 be, I do not believe, I, I refuse to believe that anything sells itself that doesn't include nudity. Um, it just, <laughs> I, you know, I think that there has to be the proper marketing put behind this for it to, to go anywhere. It's still going to be better Take than what we've got. Take your shirt off. Well, I, if, 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 it, if that's what it takes, if we can get people uh, you know, to sign up for the Free State Project shirt off, I don't care. All right, we'll come back and uh, discuss more of this. And, Dennis, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. Sir. Later, guys. Yep, 800-259-9231. I want to tell you more about exactly how this has changed. Because the old statement of intent for the Free State Project was that you would agree to move to New Hampshire once the project reached 20,000 signers. We're over 8,000 signers at this point. It's been moving pretty slowly, so that means that 20,000 number's way out in the future somewhere. And we've found that with all the early movers coming as early as they have been, like us, that moving people sooner rather than later is very, very desirable. And that's what the Free State Project has done. They've made it much easier. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. And those features include the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first. If you're on the updates list, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on it. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex, rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. Still talking about the new development in the Free State Project, which I think is pretty exciting. And we talked about this, oh, I don't know, a year ago, back when it was first proposed, uh, and finally, the Free State Project has made a move, they've made the change, and I think it's a very positive one. I think it's going to do some really good things for the, uh, the the rate of sign-ups that they're getting. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Free State Project's been around since 2001. It was a, a brilliant concept founded by uh, Dr. Jason Sorens, political science major, or the doctor of political science. Anyway, he's a teacher, a professor at some university somewhere. So he came up with this idea, and the idea was to move liberty activists, liberty-loving people, all to the same place, to the same state. And they uh, they had a, a vote. Uh, once the, the project reached 5,000 members, all 5,000 people were able to vote on which state they would prefer to move to. New Hampshire won overwhelmingly for a variety of different reasons. And ever since then, the purpose of the project has been to convince people to join the Free State Project, move to New Hampshire, and get active for liberty. The problem is that the Free State Project's original concept was that what what happened was uh, Jason Sorens, the founder, did some research. And he researched other political movements like the Mormons moving to Utah or the uh, the party Quebeca in Quebec. Uh, He researched these different movements and found that in a state of relatively low population, 20,000 activists should be more than enough to get the job done, to return a state to liberty or advance a state to liberty, however you want to look at that, to drastically cut down the size of government and drastically increase freedom. Well, I'd like to make a correction here as to what you said. You've said active, politically active people and or activists, and I think there's a difference between politically active and activists. Jason Sorens was basically Did thinking... Did I say politically active? You said activists. Okay. And I think Jason Sorens was actually talking about politically active. He was talking about people that are willing to vote. Perhaps put a yard sign out. Right. Maybe write a letter to the editor now and then. He's talking That's about correct. your average sort of politically active individual. What he got, in fact, were people that are just very, very active. That take yeah, liberty, super activists. Ex- right, extraordinarily active. Exactly. So 20,000 regularly sort of active people that get out and vote and care and will write letters to the editor... They're not, you know, they're not, they're not as valuable as one super activist. Yeah, basically he has re, uh, revised his research since then, and he said that 12,000 regular activists would have been enough for New Hampshire. So the number is way too high. 20,000 was way too high. And beyond that, as you said, Mark, the super activists is what have signed up for the Free State mm-hmm. Project. The real doers, the people that are self-starters, the people that are going to go and start their own organizations or, or better yet go out and get active with the existing ones in ways that, that, that he had never really envisioned. Yeah. And in that case, if you're talking about super activists, it's been suggested that 2,000 super activists would be would be more than enough. I think you're pushing it with 2,000, but... But either way... 5,000? Oh, my God. Either way, 8,000 
which is what our current signer level is with the Free State now, Project. I'm not saying that all of them are super-duper activists, but, you know... If you could get 8,000 of them, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, if everybody that was a Free State Project member um, signed up right now, moved to New Hampshire... Mm-hmm. Right now, you'd see an entirely different state. Liberty would begin, uh, you know, it, it begins sweeping the land like wildfire. Yeah, it could be overnight, really, um, or close, darn close to it. So, but the problem is, so even though the, he's revised his numbers and he's changed his mind on that, the original agreement that those 8,000 people signed was that they would move when the number reached 20,000. Right, and, and, and it hasn't, got it, hasn't got anywhere near that, and it's, right. you know, so they're not thinking about it. Even then, it's a, uh, a five-year window. So it reaches 20,000, then there's a five-year window everyone has to move. And so they decided that we need the Free State Project needs to be more flexible. So what they've done, and you can see this now at freestateproject.org, is they've modified things a little bit to where you can tell them when you sign up what parameters would make you move sooner. Or if you just know you're going to move sooner, you can sign up and say, look, I'm not going to wait till there's 20,000. I'm going to go now. So here are some of the new options that they have, which I find pretty exciting, and I'm hoping that if you've been looking at the Free State Project, you've been thinking about it, that this will push you over the edge. This will give you a reason to get signed up. Uh, it says here that you can opt into any of these things. You well, can Before say, you, you go on, yeah. um, the first thing it says is that you know, here's the new, the statement of intent, which is slightly modified, I guess, from the original one. It says, I hereby state my solemn intent to move to the state of New Hampshire. Once there, I will exert the fullest practical effort towards the creation of a society which the maximum role of civil government is the protection of life, liberty, and property. So they've removed the 20,000 requirement then? It, well, it, it, they've removed the five-year requirement. Okay. The, the, it doesn't kick in until, um, it, let's see, it's, it's just above that. Here's step one, the statement of intent. Participants of the uh, project shall move to New Hampshire as expeditiously as possible and absolutely within five years at the point of time when the 20,000 signature threshold was reached. So they still have the old the old signature thing if you want to use that one. But mm-hmm. then you can add on this. You can say, I'm so excited by the project, I'm moving by the end of the year. And then you can choose from three different options, 2008, 2010, and 2012. Or... That's if you know you can move soon, which is great. It allows people to say, you know, I'm not going to wait for this 20000 which is what I encourage. If you can move within the next few years, you should, because the activism's happening now, and we need as many liberty activists here as possible. You can also add this one in. You can say, I'll move to the uh, New Hampshire by the end of the year, 2008, 2010 to 2012, if this other number of pro-liberty people also commit to doing so. So you can have a trigger point. Mm-hmm. You can say, well, I'll move as long as 500 other people say they're going to move by that same time. I'll move by 2010 as long as 1,000 other people. And you can choose that number. So each individual can choose which number makes them feel comfortable enough to say, all right, I'm moving. Pretty cool. Makes sense. Uh, Here's another one. I'll begin searching for employment immediately, and I'll move upon either finding suitable employment or by the end of the following year, whichever comes first. So you either find a job or you move by the end of whenever. You choose the year. Also, they've, uh, they've added one in here for presidential election concerns. Should the Republican Party nominate any person other than Ron Paul for president in 2008, I will commit to moving by the end of 2010. That's an option you can choose, because we understand, the Free State Project understands a lot of people are going to be pretty upset if uh, Ron Paul does not get the nomination, and they're going to be looking for something to do. They're going to be looking for something to focus their energy on. What a perfect choice, the Free State Project. Another option, I'll move, to the, I'll move to New Hampshire by the end of this year. You choose the year. If the following person is elected to the office of President of the United States, then you can choose from the variety of Dem- Democrats and Republicans that are running. 
So that way, if there's somebody that's in the presidential election that's really just you're you're just so anti that person, you can put them down as your reason for moving, mm-hmm. uh, your impetus for moving. And then you can then there's an open ended one. I will move to New Hampshire by the end of the year. You choose the year if the following happens, and you can just fill it in. Yep. You know, a terrorist, quasars, strike. yeah, whatever. whatever. Uh, and then there's some other ones here. Uh, I'll move to New Hampshire within two years if my current state of residence adopts the real ID, which is most of the states. I'll move to New Hampshire within two years if the United States cedes any national sovereignty, such as by entering into a North American Union. I'll move within two years if the federal or state government mandates universal health care. If the state or federal government passes new firearm regulations I deem unconstitutional, new drug regulations I deem unconstitutional, new education regulations I deem unconstitutional, and if my state or government passes fill-in-the-blank. That seems to me kind of to be kind of weak, like... You know, you're okay with the current state of affairs, but if they pass one more law, you're going to move to New Hampshire. I don't know if those are going to be too too popular of choices, but they're there for you. The point is the Free State Project has really opened the doors a lot wider to a, a huge variety of different people who have different import things that are very important to them in their life that may not be as important to other people. And they can they can now customize their moving pledge. With the Free State Project, as long as it's within five years of reaching the twenty thousand and the, the you know the, the the whole old thing, yeah, they can customize within that. No, this is for early movers. This is for people moving sooner than twenty thousand. Right, right, okay. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is uh, online right now at the Free State Project website, which is freestateproject.org. Basically, all you have to do is click the join join the FSP button. So any of the join links will take you right to that page. You can explore that for yourself. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those. If you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at our store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Place your order for a variety of excellent quality Free Talk Live branded merchandise. We've got everything from Free Talk Live hats to T-shirts to hoodies, lighter bottle opener combos, even other products like flags that don't even have our logo. We have special Free Marketeer flags. It's an original logo designed by our store manager and graphic v- uh, guru, Johnson. Uh, so head over to store.freetalklive.com, take a look at the inventory, and uh, add some to your shopping cart. And remember, the special offer is still going on. Barry Cooper's Never Get Busted DVD will be yours if you order over $75 worth of uh, merchandise, including shipping, including our regular shipping fee. So over $75 in the shopping cart will net you a free DVD from Barry Cooper Never Get Busted. We'll throw that in because uh, Barry and his wife, Candy, were nice enough to just uh, give us some to give away. Very cool of them. Yeah, it's good for our listeners. It's good for us. It's good for everyone. Yep, exactly. So once again, that's store.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls and talk. We're going to try Vince again in California. Vince. You're on Free Talk Live. He's gone, dude. The, oh, sorry, Vince is gone. I should have read that correctly. Let's continue with uh, this one's James in Kentucky. I believe it's Jamie told you so, but I'm not sure. Jamie? Yeah, how you doing? Hey, buddy. There you go. I'm doing just fine. I'll tell you what, there's been nine robberies in here in the last two weeks. Well, you've been doing robbing people, Jamie. Well, I haven't been robbing people. But, hey, it's got so bad, people think this is a free everything state. What's <laughs> happening up there? Who's been robbed? They've been stealing uh, dogs and dogs, uh, animals, and robbing now, stores. Now, if they take if they take uh, animals, aren't they the, the, um, like cattle wrestlers? Aren't they dog wrestlers? 
I guess so. I don't know. Rustlers. Hmm. Now, robbing somebody is where you do it in person, right? That's where you actually assault someone or accost them in some way. You usually hold a weapon on them or threaten them in some way, right? That's yeah, robbery. And, and get this. They, they shot one guy in the leg. Over his That's dog? Robbery. Over money. Oh, my goodness. That is out of control. Well, sure. of Who are they? Why now? Who are they? Do you know? The robbers. They are the robbers. Gotcha. <laughs> money is not, money's not the root of all evil, by the way. It's now, the love of money. What is love being of money. What is being done to stop this, Jamie? Are you helping out on the task force or something, or what's happening? Well, no, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, I've been watching that uh, first, uh, 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 48 first on A&E. 48. The what? I'm thinking about becoming a detective. And what are you watching? The first 48. 48 hours with uh, Eddie Murphy? No, this no. was on A&E Network. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch the television, so I yeah. couldn't tell you. What, do you give up wrestling? You used to like wrestling, Jimmy. You still watch that? Well, I'm, I'm taping on my DVR and watching it later on. That's good. Jamie, uh, you're so you know, technologically advanced. You can't. You wouldn't believe it, but uh, Ian and I had breakfast the other day with uh, Kane from the WWE. We sure did. You know who he is? Yeah, Dwayne Jacobs. Glenn Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, Glenn. Glenn Jacobs. Yep, nice guy. Couldn't believe it. Nice guy. Did y'all tell him about me? Oh, um, I forgot, man. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I didn't. I was <laughs> focused on my hash uh, browns. The reason I called is about this photo they took in Mars. On Mars? Yeah. i tell you what. It, tell me it's what. A, it, it's identical to the photo I took one time when I went hiking. Looks like I'm, it went, you know, I was resting. Mm-hmm. I stopped on a rock and rested. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like the same photo. I'll be damned. Where you were you hiking in the Grand I'm Canyon? I'm on NASA for it. Wait, where were you hiking in the Grand Canyon? Uh, yeah. So do okay. you think that they really don't have a spaceship up there on uh, Mars taking oh, pictures? Oh, we, we, we got, yeah. There's there's space. We got Jamie's photo out, and they're just scanning yeah. that in. That's what's going on. They don't need it. Apparently, they can just take the same pictures here on Earth. You took one already, right? No, but you're saying it's the exact same photo, right? I mean, you're talking about a lawsuit, Jamie. Yeah, I'm on some. You're going to sue NASA. Yeah, and then I'm moving up to the Free State Project. Are you well, really? Go ahead Don't and sign up leg. now and, and uh, you know worry about that later. <laughs> hey, I'm going to make it before 2012. That's the, My prophecy said that's the year the world's going to end. Well, then you might as well <laughs> sign up now at uh, freestateproject.org. Go hey. ahead. Put your name on the list. Jamie, thanks, Jamie. Okay. thanks for the call. We appreciate okay. it as always, dude. 800-259-9231. I've always really wanted to meet Jamie Told You So, so <laughs> I hope he does. You might get your chance. You never know. Maybe Paula will come up here before you know it. We'll have them all here. Maybe they can have a li- their own little commune together. That's some good stuff. All right, let's continue with your calls and talk to John in New Hampshire. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. John, Hello? New Hampshire. Hey there. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? I can hardly hear you on the phone. Here. I don't know why that would be. Uh, I don't know if the board op can twist some dials and make us sound better. I can hear you well enough, I guess, to converse. Uh, I just wanted to tell you, we did a little activism today up at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's four guys that are charged uh, for supporting the Browns. Oh, yeah. And uh, we went up there to do a uh, little bit of support. Um, uh, I'm a nonviolent kind of guy, and these guys did not initiate any violence. Uh, uh, I saw my friend Dave Ridley up there. I saw my friend Lauren Canario up there. Um we also got together and, and practiced a little bit of video, videography, I guess Dave would call it Ridleyography. 
Well, you guys are uh, getting up there. You're getting active. Just this, by the way, is another one of uh, the activists here in New Hampshire. Now, John, you were you a Free State Project member, or were you just somebody that happened to move to New Hampshire just because you wanted to be a little more free? I, I forget. No, I was going to move here. I promised myself that for many years, mm-hmm. and the Free State Project was icing on the cake. Got it. Uh, I I was I was a I was a member. Uh, I was a voter. I I helped to choose New Hampshire. Um, I know many many people from my from my native state of Massachusetts who who we get a bad name. We're called mass holes. And all that <laughs> yes, stuff. you are. Um, not most of us uh, that I know came here for the right reasons. Uh, the union leader has borne that uh, uh, thing out that we are not a bunch of liberals, although some are. Uh, we're not. Well, the Free State Project is made up of all kinds of different people. It, it, but yeah. the one thing that holds them all together is that they all believe the government is way too big and needs to be drastically uh, cut down. The, Some of us believe that the government is, we, uh, doesn't need to be here at all. Some of them believe it should be very small. But that's pretty much the uh, the, the common thread between us all. The, the, well, the fun part was that we as uh, Free Staters uh, coming from Texas and Nevada and just a an old mass hole <laughs> like myself, uh, all getting together and going up to Concord to support some uh, some folks who are uh, not doing anything that should be uh, well. Check out the Ridley report. Check yeah, they didn't the harm anybody. You're talking about the uh, the four individuals who've been charged as accessories to the Ed Brown situation. And for those that don't remember, uh, Ed and Elaine Brown were a uh, there are a couple in their 60s that were put in federal prison after having essentially held off the feds for several months, something like a 10 or 11 months. Uh, that you know, it wasn't like an armed standoff necessarily. It's just that they told the feds they were going to shoot if the feds came on their property, and the feds left them alone for a while. Wrong. Right, and these people you're talking about that were on trial today, uh, they were the ones that had gone, or some of the people that had gone to help Ed, had brought him some food, had brought him some uh, supplies, and the federal government alleges that they also brought Ed some weapons, which is why they are standing trial. Do you know how the the trial went? The the thing for me is, uh, for a few years I've gotten into a little bit of yoga and getting into healthful type of thing, And, and there's a stereotype that... A little bit of this is kind of to the left. You know, the people that are into yoga or organic food and all that sort of stuff, the vegans, the vegetarians, that's all kind of on the left. Well, guess what? These people are looking supposedly to find a healthy balance. They're trying to find harmony. But there's one thing that they're mistaken about. If they lean too far to the left, it's just as bad as leaning too far to the right. And this is what I want to get at. It's my purpose in going there. It's a large part of my purpose in going there today. I worked an overnight shift and got out at 8 o'clock in the morning and hurried up there to Concord. Uh, my purpose in doing that is I'm, I'm trying to build a file about what is the cause of the violence. People on the left think that it's okay. They, they think it's nuts that these guys that are on trial would would bring guns so somebody could defend themselves. Right, anything that has to do with a gun is so evil. But they think it's okay if the whole damn government brought a ton, uh, a thousand tons of guns 
down on their ass, that's okay. So who's more violent? Yeah, and it's great. It's a great point, John. There's a there's a big disconnect going on there, and I, I wish we had more time. But thank you for I the call to tonight. I want to tie dude. that in. I'm you did. I'm going to try to do it a little more calmly than I'm doing right now. Yeah, keep up the good work, man. Glad you. Uh, I mean, that's talk about a, a dedicated activist. As you as he said, you know, working an overnight shift, you're beat tired if you work overnight shifts. I know. I used to do it, and uh, he gets out of his shift and moves on and does activism, goes out and does a protest outside of the federal courthouse in Concord today. This is the kind of caliber of activism we're talking about going on here in New Hampshire. Hour 3 is coming up. High school cell phone porn on the way. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Start things out this hour with high school sex. Well, that's going to be something that will make people hold through the uh, the news break, huh? <laughs> uh, the story is about cell phone porn. Now, this is something you didn't have to deal with when you were in high school. None of us did. It's funny because when I think about how easy it is for young people to access porn... I picture when you were young, for example, I picture you, you, know, you hiding can't point out. At me. You got to, you got to let me. You were young, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, I when you were young, Mark, I picture you somehow getting hold of a magazine and going with your buddies to some tree fort or something like that, and all looking at it. Yeah, that that happened. <laughs> that precisely happened when I was somewhere between six and eight. That's exactly what I picture. Uh, and now, yeah, that happened when I was younger as well. It's but so also the easy back of the bus. The back to of the access, bus. Yeah, it's so easy to access i mean someone had to get a hold of a magazine back pretty much <laughs> and now well yeah, there was also the the uh, the situation where you'd be at a friend's house and they would know where their parents stashed their porn tapes mm-hmm. and you could go and you could get those out of the closet or wherever they were and <clears throat> while the parents secretly were watch those. yeah so that's that's how it happened back then but your point is that today right well i was i just saw the headline of your article which it's about cell phone porn so i'm just right. thinking gosh now every kid has a cell phone it's so sure easy do. to get porn now yep. i can right. shoot video right now and and email it to somebody else right, well, not we, email it but uh text message it or something somehow when, send it to somebody else when you were in high school julia things had advanced to the point where you could easily get all the porn you wanted off of the internet yes but you didn't really have the easy access yeah. to a, a cell phone i wasn't able to share it recorder. via cell phone right. with my friends so now it's really gone uh, about as far as i mean how much further can this this go right you know some uh 14-year-old girl makes the bad judgment of showing uh, some boy this or that or a friend, and they do the mm-hmm. video, and oh my God, it's out there, it's out there forever. Well, get, get this is an amazing story because of the way the police are behaving. We have read stories in the past where young people have been in, engaged in sexual activities with one another, in many cases as young as, you know, 13 and 14 mm-hmm. or 14 and 14, and uh, they will record their activities. And somehow it'll get to the parents and it'll get to the police and the police will come in and the police will charge these kids. Yeah. The police will charge them as though they're child pornographers. Right. As though they're, uh, you know, one of these, as though they're exploiting children. Themselves. As though they're rounding up 
12-year-olds and, and taking video and profiting off of it. No, that's not what's happening here. There's a couple of horny kids experimenting. They happen to have a digital camera. Here's, as here's what, a, a, a system of old, bad laws destroying the lives of today's young people. But you know, now watch how the police behave in this story. They're behaving differently, and I'm not sure why. Police, this is from Allentown, Pennsylvania, the Associated Press. Police face a difficult, if not impossible, task Thursday as they tried to stop the spread of pornographic video and photos of two high school girls. Images that were transmitted by cell phone to dozens of the girls' classmates and then to the wider world. Mm. District Attorney James B. Martin said that at least 40 Parkland High School students believed to have received the images would not face prosecution... As long as they show their phones to police by Tuesday to ensure the images have been erased. What's the point of this? Because they can't get more images on the phone later? Because they can't take the images off of the phones and upload them to the Internet and send them all over the world? I mean, what is the point of this? Why are the police playing, like, cleanup crew? Porn cleanup crew? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And... You know, more. Um, moreover, if they do, which they have, I'm sure, uploaded this video to the internet, and I, um, if if I got it, would I be charged with possession, possession of child, child porn? porn? You better believe it. Even though it was recorded by 14 year olds, mm-hmm. I, I even mean, though you have no way of verifying the age of these people, because I'm not. sorry, but I've seen some 14, 15 year old girls, and they're very well developed. It's very hard to tell who's 14 and who's 18. Yep. I, I uh, met a friend's 13-year-old daughter last weekend. Well, I'd met her before that, but she told me her age was 13. I never really thought about it. I don't spend a lot of time talking to or thinking about uh, you know, friends' daughters. But she's, thir- I, she's 13 years old. Is this somebody I, I was, know? Yes. I thought she John was and Bill's 16. Kids? Yes. I thought she was 16, 17. I, I had thought no, for sure they were 16. Or I had no idea. The little one is 13. Wow. You've seen these girls, right? It's yeah. in the meat. I'm telling you, it's the steroids in the meat. I'm <laughs> not kidding you. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But, you know, the fact is, the cops are saying to the kids that if you come in and show us your phones and let us poke what, around through your phones. Do they have cops standing at the door waiting to see people's phones? I'm not sure how that's working. Weird. Uh, but they, they have suspects. They have a list of 40 students that they believe received the images. And they and I guess they what? How do they figure that out? Do they subpoena the cell phone company to find out what cell phone numbers <laughs> they were sent to? a little unnecessary. Uh, yeah, they, they, perhaps uh, they followed it like a j- daisy chain. They said, "Well, who did you send this video to, Johnny?" She said, oh, well, I sent it to to Craig and 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 Jim." And so they go to Craig and Jim's phones, <laughs> and right. then they beat the crap out of them for a little while, or you know, uh, berate them until they give up the information as to how who they've sent it to. And do the police believe that they're going to be able to track down well, every iteration of? these pictures and and and, and, de- and delete them because they're full of it. I mean, there's no way they could do that. And since when did school become a, about controlling behaviors and that sort of thing? Oh, it's always been about that. Well, I understand <laughs> that, yes. But it's supposed to be about educating, right, and learning. And yeah. so why are they always policing all these different behaviors and doing things that parents should be responsible for doing? I, I it don't seems know to get worse and worse. That. I don't know how to answer that question. Why are they doing these things? Because they want to perhaps uh, encourage kids to be obedient? 
Maybe that's I, I don't what think it is? that they, they, they think they can do anything else. These are their their rules, their mandates are given out and they, they must enforce them. They they have to try No matter what the cost. They have to give it the old college try, right? right? So the cops have to go out there and try to stop porn cell cops. phone high school porn. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's no way to stop this. No. Uh, the, what this video that they're talking uh, about has been uploaded a million times on YouTube Absolutely. at this point. Not YouTube, they don't do porn. But you know, whatever it's it's out there and it's Porno tube. It's gone. I know how I was as a kid. And I, I mean, I know that if I had received something like this in high school, first thing I would have done when I got home would have been to d- dump it down to my computer and send it off to whoever, you know, I wanted to send it off to. So it would be out into the world with the Internet, which means it's completely uncontrolled. As right. soon as if you take a video and you give it to two people. It can go anywhere at that point. As well, long yeah, as you are in control. Happened. That's what has happened. It, it probably happened during the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so for every hour that uh, it was out there. It kept spreading. It kept going. And more people would give it to more people via their phones. And then, so, you know, it's out there with, say, ten people. Let's just be conservative. Ten guys have this. Ten people have this. They go home. Click, click. That that phone's in the computer. And then it's gone Really like wildfire at that point. Now, the students say that the, uh, the, the students at the school say the distribution was far more widespread than the police believe. John Gabriel, 16, a junior, said he received and deleted the images and said most people got it and kept passing it along for fun to everyone in their phone book. What? These kids are treating child pornography like it's fun? <laughs> we're going to have to we're, we're going to have to teach Wait, them. How old were the people in the. Video? High school kids, 14, oh, well, 15, 16. child porn. It's their own By peers. By law, it is child pornography. It's their own peers. Sure. It's, it's themselves having sex. You and I understand that, <laughs> uh, but the, the cops don't know what to do. They see the law. That's the law. People they don't have gone to, to jail do. for this, Julia, in the past. And that's why I'm surprised they're just letting these kids off if they'll just let them inspect their phones. A state trooper was sent to the school Thursday and will return for two more days. So you're right, Julia. They have a trooper on campus at all times. So they've taken a policeman out, who a policeman who's supposed to be doing protecting things, right? And sent him to a school? To well, now we're protecting kids from seeing the images that they've already seen. What are they doing here? <laughs> this it's is some so weird. Clean, this is some weird cleanup mission, as though that they're going to be able to cleanse keep, the kids' minds after the fact. Keep porn out of schools. <laughs> I I hope they can't cleanse kids' minds. A state trooper again uh, going to be at the school for two more days to ensure the images were erased from the cell phones of students. Trooper. <laughs> whose parents got letters from prosecutors. The Took letter a break explained, from giving speeding tickets? The letter explained to parents what had happened and set a deadline for erasing the images and asked the parents to sign consent forms. What kind of a process is this? A Why do the parents have to consent if the kids are possibly going to be charged with a crime? This is so disjointed and hard to understand, but we'll keep talking about it. 800-259-9231. would love your thoughts as well on this. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there, we give away, so enjoy those. They include the live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you, freetalklive.com. Sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollars offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November the 14th, 2007. 
All its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org, sign up for their updates, and register for the lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. LibertyDollar.org. We're talking about a very confusing story. Very, I, I'm trying to understand what the bureaucrats are doing here. The story is out of Allentown, Pennsylvania, and it is a, a high school, Parkland High School. Forty students are under suspicion by the police for possession of child pornography. Now, they don't make it clear here that that's... Uh, oh, yes, they do. Martin said students who fail to comply by the deadline could be prosecuted in juvenile court for possession of child pornography. So these 40, uh, 40 kids being threatened with a pretty serious crime. Child but, pornography, doesn't that stay on your record forever? If you're a juvenile, I don't know. It I'm can't not sure. be good. Yeah. Either way, it's a serious, uh, serious pr- uh, crime. And they're threatening these students because somebody took some video and photos of two high school girls and then sent them to dozens of the girls' classmates via um, cell phone. Why would they send them? Oh, never mind. No, I heard what you said wrong. Right, right. You know, oh, look, here are the, your classmates having, you know, they're caught uh, having sex. Okay. And so the kids, <laughs> uh, the kids uh, you know, passed them on to their friends and they passed them on to their friends. Somehow the police got wind of it. Because inevitably someone opened their big mouth. Of course. And uh, the police got wind of it, and they came in to, to, to do what exactly? The images are out. As soon as the images hit two people, they can go as far as you, know, as you can imagine. They can go all around the world. They can, they can be archived permanently in places the police could never hope to reach. But yet the police are tracking down as many of these kids as they possibly can and demanding to see their cell phones... So they can de- so they can uh, determine whether or not the pictures have been deleted. Well, I think that they they know what they're I, they know what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to try to track this down. Now technology is way outpaced them. They understand that, so they're they're supposed to try to track it down. They're, they're going to go through the traditional means of tracking these things down. In the process, they're going to scare the bejesus out of these kids yeah. so that they don't do it again. That must be what it is. I think they're just trying to to uh, to scare people. In this case, they're saying that there's a state trooper going to be sent to the school, and apparently, I think they... that what they're also doing is that they're creating a uh, certain animosity towards the police in the future. Oh yeah. Y- you know, I mean, what they're going to take these kids in there, going to shake their finger at them, they're going to, you know, God, tell them God knows what. This is child pornography. Do you, you understand? You could go to prison for ten years for this. Son, you're just lucky I'm going to take the, take it easy on you. Right. Well, I mean, what if the kid takes that poorly? What if he says, you know, I don't want to be threatened by these people, and I can't believe they did that to me. So he, they're creating a certain level of animosity towards the police. What's the good of that? Why do we want that in our kids? I think that not, not only are they trying to, uh, to get the kids to obey, not only are they trying to get them to cooperate with their little investigation, get them to bend over, but also I think the police understand that this is, to some extent, Damage control for them in that they're giving the kids the option to show them the, the, their their cell phones. For instance, imagine how bad the PR would be. Imagine how how ruined the uh, the police would be if they actually did just go ahead and not give the kids a chance to make good, but just went ahead and prosecuted all forty of them. Mm, it wouldn't be good. How would that look? I mean, because the police get away with prosecuting the couples when you get a, a you know two young teenagers having sex with one another and uh, they take some pictures the police have been able to prosecute two teenagers su- pretty successfully without much of an uproar we've seen that happen but 40 imagine what would happen if all 40 of those kids decided no that's okay we don't really want to show you our cell phones no nope, that's all right you're going to prosecute 40 kids 
and put 40 kids in juvie? Well, yeah, they w- they would try to do that. Uh, you know, currently Make an our, they don't want to do that. Our, they don't want to. I understand they don't, but you know, they other cops in other precincts have done that though. Martin said students who fail to comply by the deadline could be prosecuted. One of the girls in the picture is shown engaging in a sex act with an unidentified boy, lucky him. The other girl took and transmitted a photo of her bare breasts in that he is not identified. Uh, Martin said he was not certain if the girl shown having sex had known she was being photographed. As for the other student, she's a victim and she's not a victim, he said. What? Well, she was having uh, sex earlier than she's supposed to, according to the law. No, the other girl took a photo of her bare breasts. She's a victim, and she's not a victim, according to the cop. I don't know. Our thrust has been to get the kids to come forward, and we've indicated we will not charge them for possessing the images. I'm not sure what we're going to do with the participants at this point. They're not sure? Are they weighing their options? What are they... I mean, this is just so bizarre. I think the, the police are, are actually kind of scared to, to take action on this issue. Students interviewed, and thank goodness, I hope they don't. Leave these kids alone. Putting it's them in jail like for child kids porn. Kids being interested in sex is anything new. Certainly not. It's just that now we've got cameras all over the place. And now we've, um, you know, we're the nation that incarcerates more of its, <laughs> more of its people than any other nation in the world. So of course we've got to keep that up. We've got a system. We've got prosecutors. We've got judges. And you know, these, this system where we just, you know, we have to mull through people. We have to incarcerate them. I'm just surprised to to see the cops so unsure of themselves on this. They're the, not salivating. The law is the law, right. after all. Right. They're not salivating to enforce this particular law this particular time. Students interviewed at the uh, school Thursday said the pictures made the rounds about two months ago. Two months ago. So this isn't like the police just caught wind of it the next day and rushed in to try to put, <laughs> you know, put the stop to this. Do you understand? Two months so, in Internet time is like... Five years have right. gone by. Nobody cares about this video anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, nobody's, nobody cares anymore. The images have been distributed well beyond the high school, say uh, the students. Uh, in fact, all the way out to certain universities in yeah, the area. I really thought we were talking about something that happened like this week. That does not make any sense right. to me. Well, Two months ago, this... Uh, the response of the police would make you think it was. There's people in, uh, you know, there's people in Nigeria that are that are tired of this uh, video at this point. I mean, <laughs> no one cares anymore. This video is so last month's news. Samantha Smith, 16-year-old junior, said she deleted the images when she got them. She said the school isn't going to get everybody because it is everybody. I don't know anybody who didn't get the pictures. A senior said teachers discussed the episode with students, telling us how it could hurt the girls in the future. Come on. Well, Are you kidding me? I think like that, you're going to go in for a job interview, and the interviewer is <laughs> going to say, "You know, I typed your name into the internet and found some porn." And be, nobody's name is going to be attached to this, and or, even so, and what separates it, it from the million of other naked chicks online? Well, I, I understand that, but like, if I could go right now, Julia, and I could type in Julia Miranda into the internet, you'd and find I could, some interesting stuff. I, I have never bothered. Um, I've never even considered doing it. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't considered doing it, but if I did and I could pull up porn that had you on there, I'm like, my my image of you is going to be different than it is right now. Huh. Is it? So Why? 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 Because people, that's the way people are. But that's not that's So not if right. I told you right now that so there gonna, is porn online with my, world, my face in it, you're, you that won't bother you, but if you see it, it will disturb you? 
Or um, is it I just like to know? Like if I told you right now that there's porn of me online that would bother you forever and you wouldn't think no, it's it highly? No, wouldn't, it wouldn't affect oh, okay. me. Seeing it would change my image of you. Okay. That's bizarre, uh, yeah. though, because that's absolutely human behavior, and it's absolutely true. What those teachers are saying is absolutely, positively true. It can affect I these try girls to in the understand. future. I think it's understandable that people do things differently when they're teenagers, and when they grow up, they become different people. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. Most people don't get that? With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, they include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all. And it's all for free. BBS.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's BBS.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save. LegalZoom.com. 1-800-259-9231. Talking about high school cell phone porn. Apparently this is becoming a, uh, a bit of a trend. So much to the point where the police aren't being as... Well, awful as they normally are. They're, uh, they're not cracking down as hard as you might have expected. Uh, if you look at other examples of young people taking pictures of themselves naked and getting into trouble in the past, it's usually just been a couple of kids that have been caught up in trouble, and so the police run them right through the system, they convict them, and they get in trouble, and you know the case is, is over and done with. Especially, and, of course, if it's an adult, then uh, you know they get convicted and the case is over and done with. You know, it gets a little bit of news coverage and that's that. But this time, there are at least 40 kids involved in the investigation. And the police, they don't really quite know how to handle this one because they they don't want the bad PR of arresting all 40 kids and putting them all in jail at the same time. They, I think they have a feeling that might not go over so well with the community in general. So it's clear that the law isn't just the law and it needs to be enforced by the police. It's clear the police can make decisions as to when to enforce the law and when not to. Mm-hmm. And it's also clear that it's done on a completely arbitrary basis. It's done on a political basis. It's done to make the police look good or as look as good as possible in the, in the circumstances. And so that's why they aren't uh, kicking butt and taking names on this particular issue. And I think it's good. I don't think kids should be serving time in jail or doing community service because they took pictures of each other naked. Now, am I saying that kids should just, just go out and have sex with each other a whole bunch? No. I think that's stupid. And I think it's going to result in sexually transmitted diseases and babies and pregnancies. And I know Julia's got a story about teenage pregnancy in America. We'll get to that in a little bit. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm encouraging this behavior. But at the same time, putting kids in jail yeah. and getting them in Incarcerating trouble. Incarcerating them, uh, giving them a record. Right. Especially Child a sex, porn. Uh, right, yeah. a, a sex Aren't you offender a sex record? offender? Yeah. Absolutely, that's what that would be. Well, so, I mean, know, that's for life, isn't it? You can't get off a sex offender list. I can't. I yep. can't. I, I imagine different states are different depending on juvenile versus uh, youthful offender Either versus way, it's adult. Pretty serious. Convictions. Isn't what you need to be spending your time doing. Go investigate some real crimes. Uh, just a few more thoughts on this story here. The seniors are saying that 
or one of the seniors says the teachers discussed the episode with students, telling us how it would hurt the girls in the future. On the social networking site Facebook, one student started a group called Parkland, where porn stars are born. Mm-hmm. Authorities began investigating about two weeks ago after some students notified school administrators. A couple kids got these images, didn't much want them, didn't quite know what to do with them once they were received, and they were brought to the attention of the school resource officers. So someone sent them to this school snitch, apparently. Officials do not believe the pictures were taken on school property. Phone messages left Thursday for the principal and superintendent were not returned, and a reporter was turned away from both the high school and district office. This is typical. Bureaucrats have no interest in commenting on stories like this. About 3,200 students are enrolled at Parkland, blah, 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 blah. So there you go. There's the story. Uh, Kids facing child pornography charges because they received images. Because someone sent them an image on their cell phone of teenagers naked. In one case, it was a couple of kids having sex. Because you received that image, now you're guilty of child porn possession. Or at least if they want to prosecute you, which in this case, the police are holding back on those prose- prosecutions. How nice. God bless them. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything more on uh, teens and pregnancy here in a moment, but let's go to Ziggy on the amp line first in the UK. Ziggy, what's on your mind? Hi, guys. Uh, right, I have a property rights dilemma for you. Okay. Uh, in terms of story, um, pre-9-11, which happened at Omaha Airport, um, a British individual called Richard Ward, um, who has an alter ego called Sarah West, was travelling as Sarah West, um, but of course they have a male passport. Okay, that's got to be a problem. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Now, they presented their passport, um, they were getting a plane from Omaha to Chicago for a connecting flight to London. Mm -hmm. Now, they presented their passport. Uh, When you say they, you're referring to this one person, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, They uh, presented their their passport, passport control, (laughs) no problem. They got on the plane. Anyways, they were about to take off when an official from United Airlines uh, said to them that they um, must change into male clothing to fit the picture on their passport. Now, I have met this individual, and I've met them as male and female, and they do look very different. Mm -hmm. Now, this isn't a problem with this airport security. This was a problem with United Airlines itself. Hmm. Now, my thoughts on it was, well, United Airlines have a right to say who they will and who they won't carry. Sure do. And, yeah. But on the other hand, I do think it was a little ridiculous. Sure, they needed to establish... Oh, it's outrageous. Absolutely. Um, United Airlines is completely within their rights in this outrageous... Uh, thing to do to someone. I mean, this is this is embarrassing as crap. This is like telling some lady who has, uh, you know, uh, a, a balding problem, has had cancer treatment. Look, lady, you can't come on here with that wig. Yeah. yeah. No, this is this is outrageous. It's within their rights to do it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's their airplane. They should be able to make their rules. But whoa, if if this is so, and I don't know, I wasn't there. I can't however, say what United did. But. However, I'd say this individual, um, having met them, they were very much. Um, stamp my feet, I have the right to do this, that, and the other. That's not going to get them anywhere. Yeah, that's well, not going anywhere. Basically, they did try and sue United Airlines. Only problem was, of course, United Airlines went into uh, bankruptcy soon after that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that didn't, probably didn't go well either. Also, <laughs> also it led to them leaving, uh, losing their job. Not because they the work found out that you know they were a transvestite. The work already knew they were a transvestite because they'd already w- w- walked into their work one day and said, "Right, tomorrow I'm turning up as Sarah." <laughs> <laughs> because in Britain, 
transgender people are protected under employment law. Um, but they got very hung up about the fact they didn't get their day in court. And I kept saying, look, when I met them, and within the first 10 minutes, they'd explained this story to me twice in great detail. It was, it was obvious to me they were obsessed, but they couldn't have their day in court and that justice hasn't happened. And I said, look, you know, far worse things have happened to people. This is not a severe um, intrusion right. into human rights. Right. The, uh, the, get the, over it and get on with your life. Yeah, the, the United Airlines baggage checker didn't pull out a billy club and, you know, smack them across the head for being a transvestite. They just weren't, you know, they no. were refused passage, that's all. No. And one other, one other, one other thing, um, you, that uh, teen por- uh, porn story you just told? Yeah, the high school uh, it, cell phone it, porn. It reminds me of when I was at school. And when we got to, uh, in those days, it was the sixth form, which is when you were between 16 and 18. There were a couple of, of kids who were engaged in a sexual relationship. Anyways, one day at assembly, uh, the headmaster goes, uh, um, I've suspended uh, Shane and Sarah because I believe they're having a sexual relationship. <laughs> well, the age of consent is 16 here. Hmm. So as far as I was concerned, it was their business. And what the headmaster did was completely wrong, because you know what was going to happen when I arrived back at school. Everyone was going to sneak up behind the back going, <laughs> Sarah and Shane have been at it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah he I don't could think it used... happens anymore, but I think it was exactly like that when you and I sure. went. Yeah, he could have used some discretion and instead of announcing it in front of everybody. But So you're saying that as a result of that, everyone knew about that and it wasn't, wasn't well, out yeah, in the open. I mean, you know, you know, okay, fair enough. They were absent from, from school and everyone, everyone would, would realize there was something up. But there, there, there was another incident, which I'm not going to go into details about, which concerned somebody who I actually uh, shared a dormitory with who... Um, Basically, it wasn't ever proven who sexually assaulted. Uh, was accused, you know, it was, the, the rumor was that they sexually assaulted another student. Um, and basically, you know, he was expelled. But we never found out whether that was the truth, because that, because that was bad for the school. If they, you know, if the general public had found out, whereas two people over the age of 16 who are of consenting age, it's their business, and the school realized that that might be an invasion of their privacy. Yeah, why not just leave them alone? Unless they're actually having sex on school campus, then I don't see why it's any of the school's business. Yeah. Ziggy, thanks yeah. for the call as always, no dude. 800-259-9231. High school cell phone porn teen pregnancy is next, and your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. All right, so uh, continuing here on the the theme for the hour of... Kids involved in sexual goings-on, recording them, and then getting in trouble, which we're seeing uh, happen more and more often now that more and more teenagers have cell phones with cameras and and video capability. Uh, The fact is, whether you want to believe it or not, your teenagers are interested in sex. I can remember being interested in sex as young as second grade. I don't, I don't I know about that. that. Really? I yeah. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, um, they say girls mature faster, but I didn't know it was that fast. I, I actually that... got in trouble once at school. My friend and I used to go on recess and sort of hide behind this cubby area and write 
in these little books that we had, journals, I guess, and mm-hmm. and we would write stuff about sex. And one day, even though the cover said, nobody read, private, one day the teacher found the journals and she opened them up and read it <laughs> and called my mom and I had to have a talk. Oh, no. With the, yeah, and it had just a bunch of sex stuff in it. And so I got in big trouble for being curious about sex at age eight or whatever, but... Well, how do you think that how do you think that uh, that level of repression affected you later on in life? Uh, well, I guess there did your mom tell you to not even say the word. Yeah, she told me when I she found condoms in my backpack when I was 15 and I honestly wasn't having sex. I just had condoms because that's what teenagers do with condoms when they get a hold of them. Yeah, they hold on to them like gold because (laughs) you could have sex. Exactly. (laughs) And instead of saying something about good job for having condoms because just because I've con- I mean I could have been having sex without condoms uh, she told me she didn't like the S word so it was pretty much established from a young age in my home that sex was not something we talked about sex was not something we did uh, and I I had sex at a younger age than I would have liked to now that I am older and I you think that had it, something to do with the oh, fact yeah. that it was forbidden and now it's my favorite topic I love talking about sex and researching sex and and stuff like that because I wasn't allowed to as a kid. Hmm. Well, at least you get didn't get knocked up during uh, your yeah, experimentation. It's actually funny because my mom was so mean to me about it, and I have now made it past the age where my mother had me. <laughs> so in your face. All right. So what's the story about the teenage pregnancies, Julia? You got well, something for us? I found a story. I actually found two stories about it, but apparently for the first time in 15 years, uh, teen pregnancies is on the rise. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So just what we need. Yep, exactly. More kids having kids. And the first article I found actually blames it on Hollywood, saying <laughs> that since Hollywood has more sex in movies than it used to, and since... And because they, then, then um, America doesn't have to take responsibility, each p- person individually right. doesn't have to take yeah. responsibility, it's even better. It's good to blame Hollywood, because <laughs> right. I'm not fault, responsible. Parents. parents, it's not your fault, it's Hollywood movies. Now, oh, look, right. I can remember what it was like when I was a kid, and my parents would send me down the hallway <laughs> if uh, we were watching something on television or, or uh, you know, watching a movie, and there was some sexual scene coming up. They'd send me down the hallway. Now, you know what that did to me? It made me want to know what I was missing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me want to know why I was being excluded from these these particular scenes, and I think that... Uh, the fact that there's sex in movies doesn't have a damn thing to do with, with how often kids are having sex. And I think it has absolutely everything to do with the fact that parents just don't want to talk about it. Right. They don't want to address these issues with their kids. That is probably one of my biggest pet peeves ever. And I don't have kids. I don't plan on having kids, at least not anytime soon. But if I did have kids, I would be honest with them. And please, Mark, be honest with your child about sex. It does damage if you don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I wouldn't be dishonest about it. I I think if if somebody's old enough if to an, yeah, ask a question, exactly, you're I, old enough ex- to know the answer. Are you gonna send them down the hallway? No, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know precisely. What's that, Daddy? I think that there's there's some stuff that's uh, that I don't think's appropriate for parents to go showing kids. Well, I'm not gonna Where watch that... porn with my five year old. Yeah, but but I why mean... not? You're hiding the porn from them, Julia. <laughs> if you're old enough to ask questions about sex you're old enough to get answers i don't understand i mean if you're you're Ooh, like mentally that. able to one. process that's a good catchphrase what 
if you're old enough to ask questions, you're old enough to get answers. I think that's a good catchphrase. Yeah, uh, well, that's really great, considering I just used it 30 seconds ago. The you did? Well, I just... Sounds better coming Pass out of her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> That's really great, Julia. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, there's, there's, a, there's certain things that you can ask questions about that you're not ready for the answers to. But Daddy, how do you know I'm not ready? Watching? Can I, can I watch too? <laughs> it's just one of my biggest pet peeves that parents, even when it seems to get worse when they get older, like when they're five and they ask about sex, they sort of giggle about it. <laughs> My little five-year-old asked about sex the other day, and I told him the stork story, and blah, blah, blah. But as they get older, parents tend to get more and more uncomfortable about talking about sex with their children, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's one of our most basic and instinctual functions. It's Yeah, because of that, you want... You should want your kids to understand it, to comprehend it, and understand the ramifications of it, instead of just living in the dark. And we've talked many a times of the uh, the unintended consequences that result from parents keeping their kids in the dark. What typically happens is what happens with me, for instance. Now I got lucky because I didn't knock anybody up, didn't have the opportunity until <laughs> you know uh, uh, in my later uh, in my early twenties. Uh, but some kids aren't that lucky. And yep. what happens is your parents keep you in the dark. You end up learning all you know about sex from going over to your friend's house and watching porn on the computer or, or in, you know, my videotapes. Or from giggling with your girlfriends at school about it. Well, right, and inevitably they've seen some pornography as well. Um, and so kids learn the wrong things about sex from the wrong resources, and then they take that knowledge, and when their time comes, they don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know how dangerous it is. They don't know the precautions they need to take. As a result, you end up with STDs and pregnancies. And in the case of teen pregnancies, Julia, you're saying that they're up for the first time in 15 years, but that's up from a, a, a already, an already highest. The teenage birth rate in the United States is the highest in all of the developed world. Right. Even Europe, where they're more sexually free, get right. this, they have less teen pregnancy than America does. Well, because they're not teaching kids. If you look at the because statistics... Because they are teaching kids in right. Europe. I'm sorry, because... Right, Americans America, aren't. There's so much federal government money going into abstinence programs in school, and it's a waste. If you want to teach your... Well, Government schools is a whole nother issue, and that's another problem, I think, is a lot of parents sort of just expect schools to teach your children about sex. Right. Bad idea. I shouldn't have to teach my kids about uncomfortable things. Don't have children if you're afraid of uncomfortable situations. I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them. Indeed. So you're saying that uh, that the, the United States already number one, and now the problem's getting worse. And they're blaming Hollywood movies for it. Yes. Well, because of the whole Britney Spears sister getting pregnant thing, they say that people idolize her, which, who idolizes Britney Spears' sister? I don't even know Lots who she is. Lots of little girls do. I would Lots think of little that, girls. Uh, yeah, you know, is, if, is there's, she if there's somebody, somebody out there on TV, somebody idolizes them. You're somebody not a tween. That that's a She's, great person. You're not a tween, Julia. The, the tween, what's the definition of tween? Is it like 8 to 13 or something oh, like that? Oh, I was going to say it's more like uh, 10, 11, 12, but okay. It's somewhere in there. It's like a thirteen bet- is a teen. It's like between yeah. puberty and pre-puberty. It's like some weird yeah. age range in there. And uh, these are the girls that are really into the Hannah Montana. I don't even know they're, who these people are. They're really exactly. So right. you're not a tween, right? Uh, <laughs> Thank the, goodness. The Hannah Montana. The uh, Jamie Lynn Spears is another one. But somebody so is basically they they're stars. The the people they look up to 
are the girls that are on the upper edge of the tween age range. They're on the very lower teenage right, range. Right, they're so the like lower teens. 14, they're, they're, 15 they're as, years yeah, old. They're aspiring to that particular range, 14, 15, 16. They read these books in school that I can't even, I can't come up with any titles, but I, these, these sort of school, um, you know, novels, little, uh, they, look, they look like romance novels. There's probably some uh, boy-girl romance going on, but... You know, they're they're just I don't know. They, we don't know the thing much. That they're, they're into is just entirely different than what you and I would imagine. And yeah, they do idolize Britney Spears's sister because they want to grow up to be rich and, and pretty. dance for a living mm-hmm. and uh, you know whatever. I didn't even know Britney Spears's sister was somebody. I thought she was just Britney Spears's sister. Yeah, I didn't know she. Ex- I didn't know she existed until she got knocked up. Yeah, really. I, I, I will admit that myself. Yes. <laughs> So um, were you going somewhere with that, Julia? Well, the article isn't particularly interesting, except that it blames Hollywood. And Mm. I just wanted to point out that it's so easy to put the blame on Hollywood. Sure. But... What's the solution there? I mean, if we're going to presume that Hollywood's the problem, is the solution to have more federal regulation of uh, movie content? Are we going to ban sex scenes? The article doesn't actually say that, but you'd think that's where it's going. We have to do something about this. Right, if that's the problem, then we need a solution, and that would be banning sex scenes, which, of course, would mean that kids won't be asking questions about sex at all. Therefore, they would be guaranteed to not get any answers about <laughs> sex, and uh, the teen pregnancy rate would continue skyrocketing. Yeah, this goes great. Way all to right. go. It's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Returning tomorrow night, you can join us for the live Saturday edition at that time. In the meantime, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.